Oh, well, we had words today about refreshment and passion, and that's great for this morning because we're going to do a lot of refreshing questions for Jesus and tap into our relationship with him and what his passion is for us. So I think we're going to meet a lot of that this morning. Um, Last week, Sean talked about uh, faith and the goodness of God, which are two of our this, this statement is five guidelines for asking questions for Jesus. And the idea of these guidelines is we want you to get to the place where you're comfortable and confident that you know what you're doing to come up with your own questions and ask them in your own times with Jesus. So a question for Jesus meets, how do I say? These are guidelines. It's not a religion. It's a, it's a suggestion. But if you stay within these, you'll... When you're, especially when you're starting, you'll have the best chance for success. So the guidelines are ask in faith for desire fulfilled in relationship by a rhema from a good God. So let's say it all together if you can. Ask in faith for desire fulfilled in relationship by a rhema from a good God. So Sean talked about faith last week, but I want to make it real specific to this. When we ask questions for Jesus and listen, usually the biggest obstacle or question people have is, is this just me? (laughs) Is it my own thoughts? Am I just making this up? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Here's the issue. If God wants to speak to you, he speaks to you in the spirit. But if you want to be consciously aware of what God is saying, what part of you does it have to come through? That's a question for you to answer. (laughs) Your mind, your brain. So something that comes through your mind is going to sound like your mind. (laughs) So we've, we've developed this huge, in our Western thinking, people in Jesus' day didn't ask this question. Um, we've developed this whole huge skepticism of, oh, is it really God or is it me? And so we tend to assume when we come to prayer that here's here's my thoughts and, and God should sound, you know, explosions should go off when God is speaking. You know, there should be fireworks and he should sound really different and all this when he's speaking through your mind in a still small voice. So what ask in faith means for us in this concept is instead of assuming that it's me, we're going to assume that it's God. The Bible says if you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a stone. So when we ask Jesus a question, we're going to choose to believe that we're not going to get our own thoughts back, that Jesus is actually going to speak to us. So faith is really simple. It's just acting like what the Bible says is true. Um, So that's what it means to ask in faith. Remember this one point. I'm going to assume Jesus is speaking. So if I say, Jesus, what do you like about me? And what comes into my mind is my big nose. (laughs) I'm going to assume that Jesus likes my big nose, okay? Because I asked him. He's not giving me a stone. He's going to give me what I asked for. Does that make sense? Real easy. So, um, let's try a couple here. So, 
What we're gonna do, I'll give you 30 seconds-ish. The reason we don't give a whole lot of time is most of us, the first impulse is best, and the longer we think about something, the more we get ourselves screwed up. So <laughs> you just quiet your heart, ask the question, and see what some of you may sense something emotionally, some of you may see a picture, some of you will get words, some of you it will feel like thoughts, but whatever it is, we're gonna assume that Jesus is speaking to us, okay? And if it goes wrong, you can blame me because I'm telling you to do this. <laughs> so let's ask him this question. Jesus, what do you like about being with me? Okay. So for this first one, we're always going to, in questions for Jesus, we always do something with what we hear. Um, a man believes in his heart, something happens inside of you, um, and he's justified and confesses with his lips, he does something with it, and so is saved. So there's a, it becomes more real when you do something with it. So let me hear from several of you. What, what did Jesus say to you in response to that question? Yes. Okay, he likes my sense of humor. Does that sound like Jesus? Yeah. Somebody else? Yes. Okay. He likes that I'm real and I'm not fake. Does that sound like something Jesus would like? Yes. Give me another one. Oh, okay, cool. So what does that do for your heart when you hear that? Uh-huh. Great. And that's a great point. P questions for Jesus are about the relationship. It's not about the business of being a Christian. It's not about what you do. We'll come to that. It's about relating to Jesus. And he really likes that. So let's try another one. Jesus has confidence in you. You know that you hear him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Jesus believes you can do this. So let's ask him a follow-up. So Jesus, why do you believe that? Why do you have confidence that I can hear you? So take a minute and ask him that. Okay. So this time what we're going to do is grab a person near you or next to you and just share what you heard. And, and just to note, we're not going to preach on what Jesus said. We're just going to share what Jesus said. So no sermons or anything. Um, but just tell them real quick what, whatever you heard or saw or sensed, whatever came into your mind, even if you're not sure it's Jesus, just share it. Go. say something funny. Okay. Can you share, apparently Jesus said something funny. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Okay. My sheep know my voice, the sheep of his pasture. Okay. 
Sometimes Jesus will be silly with you. Um, I felt like what I heard was, well, dummy, you've done it a thousand times. Why would I not believe? <laughs> and he's, he's not calling me a dummy. He's joking around with me. But Jesus will joke around with you. You know, when the Bible says, you know, about a camel passing through the eye of a needle, Jesus is making a joke. And a lot of his jokes don't translate very well into English, but he does that. So, our second guideline, ask in faith for desire fulfilled. Does anybody remember, like three weeks ago, I spoke about desire. What are desires? Anybody remember? Man, I did a great job three weeks ago. <laughs> um, oops. Yes. Remember the 16 desires? Desires are your fundamental psychological needs. So you were made this way, and those are meant to draw you to God. So desires are a good thing. Um, so whenever you pray your desire, whenever you ask a question for Jesus, what you're asking for is one of those 16 pie-shaped words there. You don't ask for, this is one of the things that makes these prayers work so well. You're not asking, you know, Jesus, which car should I buy? Or who will win the presidential election? Or what lottery number should I pick? Okay, you shouldn't be asking that one anyway. Um, <laughs> But we're not asking for a thing or an outcome. We're asking for our heart's desire that's underneath that. And this is something that we were created for God to fill this. So when you ask Jesus for a desire, you're always praying in accordance with the will of God. Because Jesus doesn't want you to get your desires from stuff in the world that's going to disappoint you. He wants you to get them from him. That's part of the whole point of why he made you. <clears throat> so, um, we're asking for a desire, not a thing or an outcome. So you tell me, I'll give you a question here. Does this fit that guideline? We're asking for a desire. Yes or no? Some say yes. Some couple said no. What am I asking for? Okay, but I'm, I'm, yeah, that's the desire underneath the prayer. I'm asking for a car, a thing. So what I really want to do is change that around and say, Jesus, I, I'm longing for a car, but really what I'm longing for is security. How am I securing you? See the difference? The car is a thing. <laughs> the security is a desire. And this, is, this is, takes you a bit to grasp this because we're used to talking about our desire for stuff. But that's not what a desire is in this context. Um, here's another one. Jesus, my desire is for my son to find salvation. Can you do that for me? Is that a valid... Does that follow the five guidelines? Yes. He says yes. Anybody else? They're, they're shaking their heads. If for your son to find salvation, is that a desire or an outcome in this world? It's an outcome, yeah. So that's not a bad prayer. Definitely pray that. <laughs> I 
Like, the Lord's Prayer doesn't follow these five guidelines. There's many other ways to pray. But for this specific kind of prayer, we want to pray for a desire. And often we'll stick that desire word in there, but that doesn't mean it's, it's a desire like on the, the wheel. Whoops. Go back and find that. So what desire do you think you're, you're longing for when you're praying for salvation for a child? Peace? Hope? Belonging? Security? Love? Yeah. So if you have a child who's not saved... My wife is really good at this. She'll say, Jesus, thank you that you're saving our son. Thank you that you're on his tail. Thank you that there's no way he's going to escape from your love. And, and you affirm what Jesus is doing. But for me, you know, I want my son to get saved. I say, Jesus, that would give me peace and joy. So how are you my peace and joy no matter what happens? That's the thing I want for me. So, we're going to pray for desire fulfilled, not for things or outcomes. Somebody give me another example. What's a thing you want? Anything. Doesn't mean it's bad to want things. Okay, financial stability. So what, what would financial stability give you? Security, okay. Or freedom, that's another good one. So you say, Jesus, okay, if I don't get financial security this week, tell me something I'm free to do that I don't even realize I'm free in. Or Jesus, how am I securing you even if I'm not secure in terms of my bank account? So we're looking for Jesus to give us that thing that we want. So third guideline. Oh, wait. We're going to do a security one here. And that's good, since you brought up security. So this time we're going to ask for a picture. These are fun. Jesus sometimes will give you pictures of stuff. So Jesus, give me a picture. How are you my, my security today? Pray that prayer. I saw a picture of a car crash. <laughs> Felt like Jesus said, okay, you know, I'm not necessarily going to keep you out of the crash, but that car has airbags and it's got stuff in the side, you know, that's supposed to keep you safe. So the whole thing's engineered to help keep you safe, and that's what I'm like is your security. This time, get, your, get one of those little pencils from the thing in front of you or get your phone out and jot down what Jesus said. This is another way to do something with, with what Jesus says to you is to record it. So take a minute in your phone or on paper and jot it down. And I'll sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. 
So let me hear from, from two of you. What picture did Jesus give you? Yes. Oh. Okay. He's the paraclete. He's beside me. Yes. Speak up a little bit. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a good point. Most of us, when we're in difficulty, what we pray for is God to change our circumstances. Um, Jesus doesn't really promise to change your circumstances. What he promises is to be with you in them and to ha- help them turn out for good. So... In your, when you're in difficulty, this is, is difficult, but to realize, okay, I need to stop praying, Jesus, stop this thing from happening to me, but start praying, okay, Jesus, what do I long for in this? Okay, maybe I long for peace. So how are you my peace in the middle of this? Because Jesus came not to take us out of the world, but to meet us within it. So... Third guideline, ask in faith for desire fulfilled in relationship. What that means is, well, I can, I can tell you with the story. So Kathy and I ran a business out of our home for many years. And when you're both full-time in a business and it's right there in your house, it's really easy for every conversation to end up talking about the business. You're on your way to church on Sunday morning and halfway there you say, hey, did you send that invoice out yesterday? Um, or you're on a date and you start talking about who do we need to hire to do such and such. But your business is so much around you that it bleeds into everything. And as Christians, we can do that with God. There's, we pray what I call business prayers. Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Lord, you know, what, what are you doing with my life? Oh, Lord, I repent for what I did. I'm so sorry. And we can spend all our time praying about what to do, but never talk about our love for each other, never experience the romance. So praying your desire, questions for Jesus, are about the romance component of your relationship. You're not asking for stuff. You're not asking for direction. You're not asking for him to solve your problems. You're saying, Jesus, what do you love about me? Oh, well, here's three things I love about you. Um, romance. So the two things to remember about this is it's about the relationship and your need, what you ask for gets filled in the relationship. So you're asking Jesus to give you something just between you and him. He's not going to give you a thing that gives you that. He's going to give you that directly. So... Oh, let's see. Oh, yes. So the word do is not allowed in a question for Jesus. I had this pastor once I coached, and he was, you know, had a big church and stuff, but I would give him a question for Jesus like, so 
why don't you ask Jesus this? Jesus, um, what do you love about me as a pastor? And so he would bow his head and pray, Jesus, what do I need to do for you to love me as a pastor? And, you know, okay, so Jesus, how are you, you know, giving me security? Jesus, what do I need to do to experience your security? And he took every single one of them and turned it into a do. <laughs> and we tend to do that, is make Jesus something that we do <laughs> instead of somebody that we love. So that's what this is about. So how about this one? Does this follow the guideline about in relationship? No, because it has do in it. What do I need to do? This one's a little trickier. Try this one. Jesus, what did I do yesterday that warmed your heart? He says, good. Anybody else? Yeah, it's because it's what I did already. I don't have to do something for Jesus. On the other hand, for all of us who are so addicted to our accomplishments, it's real easy to even make yesterday. <laughs> what did I do yesterday to justify my existence? So that's okay, but if you're addicted to doing, maybe you stay away from that one. <clears throat> so let's ask Jesus a question. And this is, if I take that last one, what did I do yesterday that warmed your heart? I can take the doing out of it like this. Jesus, what about who I am warms your heart? So let's ask that one. Jesus, what about who I am warms your heart today? Now this time, whatever you got, I want you to just soak in it for a minute. Let it be real to your heart. Whatever came into your mind, just let it be real and experience it. That experiencing leads us to the fourth of the guidelines um, by a rhema. And you can get way off in the rhema and logos thing. But I, for this to work, for praying your desire to work, you have to experience something. I was coaching a pastor once in Australia, and um, I gave him a question, you know, just ask Jesus, what do you love about me? And he didn't bow his head, didn't close his eyes, and just recited, I know Jesus loves me. He died on the cross for me. Does that work? Why not? Okay? It's not personal. It's not experiential. We're trying to shift something in our emotional brain, and our emotional brain doesn't do theology. It does experience. So for this to work, you have to actually have an experience of God speaking. So to just recite theology won't do it. Um, a way to think about this is, well, here's the question we're going to do next. A way to think about this is, let's say one person reads 100 verses about God's provision. Another person has an experience, one experience of God miraculously providing. Which of those two people is going to most believe the next time that God will provide? The one with the, the one experience outweighs reading 100 verses. I can read the verses with my head, but the experience touches something in my heart. 
So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the rhema of God. And I think of this like the experiential word. So one really, how do I say? This is a practical translation to me of that verse. It's not literal at all. But faith comes by experiencing that God's word is true. You get faith when you experience something. You don't get faith just by reading words on a page. So one of the cool things about questions for Jesus is if you start believing that God speaks to you, you start repeatedly experiencing God speak to you, and your faith for it goes up. So that's kind of cool. So let's do this one. This is just for fun. Jesus, what's the first thing we're going to do together when I get to heaven? You can ask Jesus just fun stuff, too. So let's ask him that one. Jesus, what's the first thing we're going to do together when I get to heaven? So let me hear from a couple of you. What's, what came into your heart or mind when you asked that question? Yes. What? Celebrate. Celebrate. What else? Okay. Okay. Did that feel like a good thing? or? Okay. Okay. Somebody else. What are you and Jesus going to do? Yeah. Have a feast. What are you going to eat? <laughs> this is the kind of thing, a lot of times when Jesus speaks something to you, you want to ask a follow-up question. So like if Jesus says, we're going to have a feast, then you can come right back at him and just say, well, what are we going to eat, Jesus? What's on the menu? <laughs> That's a lot of fun. So one more. What did Jesus say to you? Okay, great. I can't ask this question without remembering. I did this workshop once in Poland, and it was with an interpreter. So someone, I asked the question, and someone said, we're going to dance. And someone else in the audience said, well, what dance are we going to do? And I said, well, let's ask Jesus. What dance are we going to do? And so afterward, I invited the audience you know, to give some responses. And there was this guy in the first row, and he was like 40-ish, bald, black leather motorcycle jacket, like Hell's Angel type attire. And he raises his hand and, and he says something in Polish. And everybody just roared in the audience. And I turned to the interpreter and said, what did he say? And the guy said, he said, we will do the break dance. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. <laughs> so. Um, Last guideline, ask in faith for desire fulfilled in relationship by a rhema, an experiential word from a good God. And the idea you want to remember here is God made you to fill your desires. You're made for desire fulfilled. He put desire in you to draw you to him. So in the same way that God put hormones in you to draw you to marriage, he put desire in you to draw you to himself. It's a good thing. So it is totally his pleasure, and it makes his day to fill your desire. So you never have to worry about, does Jesus really want to speak to me? 
Like, when I started praying this way, when I stopped doing so many do prayers and God predict the future for me prayers, and I started praying like this, my percentage of answered prayer went up a thousand percent. And I was like, shoot, that got my attention. Um, (laughs) What does this mean? Why did this happen? And it suddenly dawned on me, this is what Jesus really wants to talk about. All the doing stuff, yeah, okay, but he came for our relationship, not what I do with him. And our relationship is what he most wants to talk about. So when I ask him, it was like when I started asking about this, he had 40 years of stored up, you know, (laughs) I want to talk about this and this and this. (laughs) So... God wants to meet you here. He's longing to meet you here. Um, So is this one fit that last guideline from a good God? Jesus, you don't really want me around, do you? (laughs) I've got a thumbs down here from the pastor's wife. (laughs) Why does that not meet the guideline? It's not who God is. Yes, Jesus died to have me around. He did the ultimate thing. How can I say you don't want me around? So we don't pray prayers like that. We don't come to Jesus whining and say, oh, Jesus, I know you really hate me, but could you do this? No, no, we don't do that. (laughs) How about this one? Jesus, if it be thy will, would you fill my desire for love? Does that fit the last one? Okay, everybody, we're going to do the Roman emperor thing, okay? You put your thumb out, and if it goes up, he lives. If it goes down, he dies. Which is it? Go. We got ups and downs. Again, there's nothing wrong with that prayer, but it's always his will to fill your desire. You never have to have any doubt about this one. Does that make sense? You were made for this, and he made you for this. This is like in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve walked and talked with God and they were naked and unashamed. That kind of relationship where you're all open to each other and you have nothing to be ashamed of because God fills every desire of your heart. That's what we were made for. So let's do one last one. Jesus, how does it make you feel when you get the chance to fill my desire? So take a minute and ask him that. Okay, you got something you want to satisfied? Somebody else. What? Fulfilled? Okay, stop for a minute and just think about that. Your approach to God can give him fulfillment. God is full. He needs nothing, but you can make him more full. I think that's really cool. So, um, just to help you out, There's a Questions for Jesus mobile app that's free. Um, You can, if you just go to the Android store or the iOS store and search for Questions for Jesus, you'll find it. Or there's a website that has it if you want to get your phone out and take a picture of that real quick. But the, the mobile app has meditations from Matthew, every place where Jesus speaks to someone's desire. And then there's five questions for each passage. And so what you do is you pick a question, and then it plays nice instrumental soaking music while you listen. 
And then when you're done, it, you know, it times you so you don't sit there too long and get distracted. And then it has a place for you to journal. And you can also take the app and hook up with several friends so that you, you know, this week we're going to do this passage and every day you do one of them and you email your, or you text your, what you heard to each other. So if you want to pursue this on your own, that app is a really easy way to, you know, take one question and put it into your daily devotional. Um, and it, there's 26 meditations there, so if, if you do a question a day, it'll last you six months. So, how many of you feel like you heard something from God? How many feel like you heard something at all? <laughs> awesome! It's not that hard. We just have to get over that Western hump of skeptical, it's just me, and believe what Jesus says about us, and we hear his voice. Um, one last thing, I will stick around afterward. If anybody got stuck or you just felt like it wasn't working for you, feel free and grab me and I'll, I'll uh, try to help you. Okay? Yeah. Yes. Um, if you, the two main things that, that, that can block you are, I've worked with some people who have decided they don't want to hear from Jesus. <laughs> um, I don't like God, I don't like what he says, and so Jesus respects that. Um, the other time people struggle is when you've turned off your emotions. Um, we can make choices to, like, I have a friend who, he was in Vietnam in the Marine Corps, and he got caught with drugs, and they strip-searched him in the middle of an airfield in front of everybody. And standing there naked, he said to himself, I will never feel again. And he turned off his emotions. So we can make vows to ourselves that turn off some of our ability to hear. So that's where I've experienced that. For... I've worked with a lot of people who've said, I'm not hearing anything, and then I'll say, well, what went through your mind while you were you know, sitting there? And then they'll say something, and I'll say, well, that sounds just like Jesus. Let's do another one. <laughs> and they say, oh, I didn't hear this, and, da, 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 da. and I finally get them to say what they said, and it sounds just like Jesus. And again, the, the problem is not that we don't hear Jesus, it's that we don't believe that we hear Jesus. So... Thank you. That was fun. Did you have fun? I hope you had fun. <laughs> All right. We're going to do communion together. <clears throat> we do this every Sunday. Communion is uh, the sign of the covenant that Jesus left with us on the Last Supper. He broke bread, and he said, this is my body broken for you. And then he passed around a cup of wine and said that this is my blood poured out for you. Um, these are the signs of the covenant that he left us. They're not by chance. They're not by mistake. Um, 
bread and fruit, things that are found in everyone's household. This is, he didn't just pick these things by chance, and it wasn't an accident because these things exist theoretically in everyone's household. And that we take these things, the sign of the covenant, and we don't wear it around like a ring, but we actually eat them. We eat the sign of the covenant, meaning that his body and his blood are inside of us, that the kingdom is inside of us, that Jesus is inside of us. It's a beautiful thing. So the way that we do communion here, if you are a follower of Jesus, or if you would like to start following Jesus today, then you are able to come and partake of communion. Um, what we do is, if you want to come and take communion, you come down the center aisle like this. You grab a piece of the cracker, you dip it into the wine, and then you go around like this so that the flow goes like that. We hold on to it together, and then we'll all partake of communion together at the end. So if you would like to come and take communion, please do. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that you created us with desires and that you speak to those desires and that you are the one that fulfills those desires. Help us, Lord, to be able to hear your voice more often. Would you prompt us to ask you questions, to speak with you? We thank you that we are uniquely designed to hear your voice. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for taking our place. Thank you for living a life that none of us could have lived and doing what it is that you have done for us. Let's partake. Let's stand. Now I'm going to pray a prayer blessing over us. Um, if you are going to be a part of the Sunday School Appreciation Lunch, it'll be downstairs right after the service. Um, if you did have any needs for prayer, for healing for anything that's happening in terms of like physical healing or you need emotional healing or you just need prayer for something else, there'll be some folks up here after the service that would love to pray for you. Uh, if not, I'm just going to pray and then um, we can just go. Well, Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you that you love to meet with us. And thank you that we have the gift of brothers and sisters to be able to journey with. Um, that we are not alone in any way. That you're with us and you've given us the church to be able to live in community with. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would empower us, that you would strengthen us, that you would open our eyes to be able to see you moving in us and around us. And that you would open our eyes to those people that you've placed in our life that are seeking you. They want to know you, um, but they just need someone to help them to take that next uh, gracious step of saying yes to you. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us, empower us, strengthen us, love us. Um, and that we would know uh, just how much we mean to you. In 
And so we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. All right, if you want to pray for anything, please come on up.